Prayer. Hallelujah. Well, welcome this morning as we go into this morning's uh, um, podcast and, and, and YouTube upload. We welcome the people from around the world this morning's message. Father, we thank you this morning that uh, you have your way. Holy Spirit, we get out of the way and we pray that you would uh, manifest yourself through this message, that you would speak to hearts around the world, to just people uh, that need to know you as the Lord and Savior of their life. We pray, Lord, that the anointing will go forth, even on this tape, on the CD, on the video, on this podcast that people will, will uh, reflect and turn their hearts to the living God. We give you praise for such a time as this, you're raising up uh, uh, the church and raising up believers to speak the word of truth in a, in a generation that re- receives the lie and has been deceived at, through deception of the enemy, deception of Satan. We will uh, pray, Lord, that we break the bonds of wickedness of the enemy that has possessed so many generations and destroyed so many people. We pray for uh, salvation. We pray for deliverance. We pray for healing. We pray for breakthrough. We pray for a turnaround in the lives of people that have turned their back on you and they will turn back to the true and living God. So we give you praise and glory this morning in Jesus' name. Amen. 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 I titled this morning's message, The High Cost of Rejection and Disobedience Toward God. There's a cost when you reject God. There's a cost. Uh, so we're going to look at uh, Genesis 25, verse 30 to 31. We know the story uh, uh, that uh, Isaac had, uh, Israel had two sons. Uh, one was a mama's boy. He took care of the sheep and, and, and hung around the camp. And the other one was Esau. He was a hunter, a gatherer. He liked to go out. He was in the wild. He was going out. So he went out hunting one time, and uh, he came back. He had just been gone for several days and he didn't catch anything and he was hungry. And uh, his brother Jacob was cooking some red beans and rice. And he smelled some red beans and rice coming to the camp. And, and uh, verse 20, 30 says, Esau said to Jacob, I beg you, let me have some of that red beans and rice stew to eat. For I'm faint and I'm famished. That is why his name was called Edom or Red. He was red and he was hairy. And Jacob answered, then sell me today your birthright, the rights of the firstborn. So in every family, the first male child that was born in the family, he gets the greater portion of his father's inheritance. He was supposed to get the blessing. He gets all the blessing, and the second son doesn't get the blessing. But the firstborn gets the blessing, and he gets control, just about everything that the father has when he's, as an inheritance. So Esau came out first. Remember the, the, the story talked about that there was a great battle going on in, in, in Sarah's womb and, and it was a great battle and, they, and, and Edom grabbed, uh, Jacob grabbed Esau's leg to try to catch him, keep him from coming out first, uh, being born first. And so there was a battle going on between them two of them even before, even before they even came into the earth realm, they were fighting. Yeah. And so Esau came out first. So Jacob said, sell me your birthright. And uh, Verse 32 says, Esau said, see here, I am at the point of death. What good can this birthright do me? And I I said, don't despise God's covenant for a bunch of beans and rice. And you can cause grief to your parents when you don't accept the covenant of God or the inheritance of God. Esau said, see, I'm at the point, I'm about to die. You better give me something to eat. And Jacob said, swear to me today that you're selling it to me. And he swore to Jacob and sold him his birthright. He sold the blessing that God had placed on his father and on the family bloodline. He sold the blessing for a plate of of beans to his brother. And because he did that, then Jacob gave Esau bread and stew and the beans, and he ate and drank and rose up and went his way. Thus Esau scorned, the Bible says he scorned his relationship that he was supposed to have with God. He turned his back on the relationship because when the father died, the father came and he laid hands on his son and imparted the blessing and prophesied over the son, and God backed up what the father prophesied and spoke over the child. So it's very important that we get the blessing from your father because 
The, the generational inheritance comes through the bloodline. And a lot of us in the earth and a lot of us in families never had our fathers lay hands on us and impart that blessing or the covenant of God to the children. Let's go on. And the Bible says that God hated Esau. When you get God hating you, you in trouble. God got mad at Esau because Esau, I don't want to go to church. I don't want to praise the Lord. I don't want to be with, with anything, anything to do with the Lord. Just give me, give me some carnality. Give me some flesh. I want a party. I want, I want this. I want that. But I don't want to serve God. I want to look good in the, in the hood. I want to look good in school. I want to have the best clothes on. But I don't want anything to do with God. Just bless me, but don't make me serve the living God. Malachi 1-2 says... God said, I have loved you, said the Lord, yet you say, how in what way have you loved us? Was not Esau Jacob's brother, says the Lord, yet I love Jacob or Israel. But in comparison with the degree of love I have for Jacob, listen to this, I have hated Esau. Exact opposite. God said, I hated him. And I have laid, look what he said, I have laid waste his mountains and his heritage I have given to jackals of the wilderness. So because he said, I don't want God, and his brother said, I'll take God, God said, I'm going to destroy everything in his life, everything that he's supposed to get. I'm going to destroy. Come on, Jesus. Because he don't want me, I don't want him. Hey. There's a cost to rejecting God. Yeah. It's called poverty. Yeah. Living in slums. Living in lack. Malachi 1.4. Look what God said. Though impoverished, this is, Edom should say, we're beaten down. But we will return and build the waste places. Thus said the Lord of hosts. You might build, but I'll tear it down. Come on, Jesus. And men will call them wicked country. Everybody gonna call your family wicked. And people against whom the Lord has indignation forever. So man, God just said, I'm gonna just make sure that I, I mess you over. Yeah. You might say you poor, and you might sit there and say, well, I'm coming out of this poverty, and I'm going to get me a job, and, and, and I'm going to have this, and I'm going to buy me a car, and I'm going to buy me a bike. God said, no, you ain't. You might get a job, but I'm going to make sure that they fire you two weeks after you get it. You might get a house, but I'm going to make sure they come and repossess it. You're just not going to be blessed. You might think you're going to be blessed, but you want to forget me? I'm going to forget you. Not a problem. God said... I will tear down and I will, will destroy. How many know that pride goes before destruction? Pride says you don't need God. You're your own God. America is full of pride. Uh, in, in the 1900, when, the, when, the, when, when they built the Titanic, they were full of pride. Look how great we are, the British. Look how great we are. Man. We're the greatest nation. We can build the biggest thing we want. And what God do? Send a little iceberg and suck it. Oh, we can build towers and we can build greater towers and we'll be the biggest towers in the world. God said, no, you won't. You're full of pride, America. I'll pull it down. I'll destroy it. When you, when you go to carnal ways and you start embracing cardinality, God comes in and fights against you. Uh, we're in a balance in America right now where, where there's passing laws for drugs and marijuana. and You can smoke marijuana and you can uh, kill a baby in the womb and you can kill a baby outside of the womb and all this kind of stuff. That is turning their back on God, but we thank God that he allowed a president to get in and say, our country is going to be serving God. As the king goes, so goes the nation. If the other people had gotten in, y'all really be in trouble because this little coronavirus, that was just a dress rehearsal to what's coming. Yeah. The plan is to take out as many people as they can out of the earth realm. So there'll be more room for them, for the rich, for those that are in control of the economies. Bind that That's right, we bind that devil. God fights against those that backslide against him. Paul said, demons has forsaken me, having loved this present world and gone back to the thing. I want you to see this scripture. You need to hear this. Because a lot of people don't realize that once you get saved and you are serving God and you turn back on God, there's not too much remedy left to you. 
The way of a transgressor is hard. Hebrews 6 verse 4 says, For it is impossible, listen to what it says, It is impossible to restore and bring again to repentance those who have been once for all enlightened, who have consciously tasted the heavenly gift and have become sharers of the Holy Spirit, being filled with the Holy Ghost, speaking in tongues. God came and he delivered you. You experience healing. You experience deliverance. And then the person walks away from God. Mm. He says it's hard for him to come back. Amen. And have felt how good the word of God is and the mighty powers of the age and world to come. This God said uh, 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 it's hard. Verse 6 says, if they didn't deviate from the faith, and turn away their allegiance, it is impossible to bring them back to repentance for because while as long as they nail upon the cross the Son of God afresh, as far as they are concerned, and are holding him up in contempt and shame and public disgrace. People, you'll see them on the news, they're, they're cursing God, they're cursing God. God said they, 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 they turn their back on God. I was in church and I don't serve church. I'm not in church no more. He ain't really no God. I'm my own God. You got these people on TV telling you, Oprah saying you can be your own God. And you, there's five kind of ways to get to God. And, and you're your own man, a new age mess that she's preaching. They're, 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 they're nailing Jesus to the cross afresh every time they open up their mouth. They show contempt for the Lord. There's persecution everywhere right now. Turn on the news. Africa, Pakistan, India. Malaysia, Indonesia, they're burning churches and killing Christians. They hate Christians. They hate those, anyone that has anything to do with Christ, they want to show contempt for because they know they're serving the wicked one. They're serving the enemy so strongly that they hate God. And it's hard to get them back in. Uh, as I've been sharing, and people are always saying, you know, you know, on your job, they'll tell you, they'll go off on you, and, and you go off on them, and they say, well, you're supposed to be a Christian. I thought you were supposed to love everybody. Well, the word says, love your enemies. He ain't saying nothing about loving you wicked people. You're just wicked. And the Bible says, hate the wicked. David said, I hate the wicked with a perfect hatred, as God hates them. We're to love our enemies, but he didn't say anything about loving the wicked. Some people are just wicked. You don't have nothing to do with the wicked folks. They, they, they are destined for hell. So you just back away from wicked people. Now, Deuteronomy 28, let's go. God, God gave Israel a command. When you reject God and you reject the blessings, That's right. you wind up getting destroyed by the enemy. You don't have any protection. You automatically, when you don't accept Jesus, Lord and Savior, you are automatically living under the control of Satan and his demons and principalities and powers. You already under, automatic. You don't even have to choose it. You're under it. We're born into sin. Or the sin nature. So the enemy already got you. We're trying to get you out of his camp. Into the camp of God. Amen. Deuteronomy 28 verse 1 says. If you will listen diligently. You got to listen diligently. To the voice of the Lord your God. Being watchful to do. Listen to this. Being watchful to do his commandments. Not your mama's commandments. Not your parents' commandments, not your grandparents' commandments. Listen to what God commandments, which I command you this day, the Lord God will set you on high above all the nations of earth. And all these blessings, all blessings, bless here, bless there, bless in your store, bless coming in, bless going out, you're blessed everywhere, will overtake you if you heed to the voice of the Lord your God. What is the voice of the Lord your God? This Bible. This is his voice. When, he, when you open it up and you read it, he's speaking to you. Amen. Deuteronomy 28, 15, he said, no. Here's your choice. You can, you can, if you listen, you know. But if you don't, no problem. But if you will not obey the voice of the Lord your God, being watchful to do all his commandments, all his statutes, which I command you this day, then all these curses will come upon you and overtake you. Amen. Now you need to realize that, that the, 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 the curse, when he 
rejected God. When Esau rejected God, he opened himself up for the curse. If you read about Esau, you'll find out that he went to the projects and he married a project girl. The Bible says that she was so bad that she grieved his parents. I mean, she was talking so much ghetto stuff that they couldn't, they couldn't stand her. <laughs> you married her wrong, boy, you done brought home the wrong woman up in here. She is crazy. If I read it, it said they, they vexed their soul. She vexed their soul. I can't cook. You cook for him. He's your son. <laughs> you wash his clothes. I ain't washing nothing. I got to get my nails done and get my extensions. <laughs> oh, he had a mess on his hand. So he said, now these blessings and curses will overtake you. And if you read this, I'm not going to tell you. You got to go in the book and read Deuteronomy 28. He said, I'm going to curse your head. I'm going to curse you with tuberculosis. I'm going to curse your, your seed. I'm going to curse this. I'm going to curse that. I'm going to curse you with consumption. I'm going to curse your bowels. You're going to have hemorrhoids. I'm going to curse blindness I'm gonna, with craziness. You're going to be mental ill. You're going to be schizophrenic. You, God said, all this stuff is going to come on you. You don't want me? No problem. The other fella got some stuff for you. Just go over there. No, go over there. You need to check. No, you're in the wrong building. You need to go over to the other building. You know, the steps that go down. When you keep one on them steps, you'll meet the guy down there. He'll tell you what you need to do. Because <laughs> you can't go upstairs. You've got to go down. Amen. And if you read further on in Deuteronomy 28, look at this, verse 47 and 48. Because God said, you don't want to be thankful that I blessed you. You don't want to be thankful that at least, you know, you may not be living in that five-bedroom house you got, but at least you got a roof over your head. At least you got a car. You ought to be thankful for that. At least your child is healthy and they ain't sick. You, you ought to be thankful. He said, now, he said, because you don't want to serve the Lord, your God, with joyfulness of mind. Oh, you go, here, old pastor again, tell us, raise our hand and got to make me praise God. I, I don't, you know, tell me to come to church on time. Well, I ain't got to come on church on time. Well, you don't want to serve God with joy. It ain't no joy for you to get up and be here on time. No problem. Oh, it's quiet in this Catholic church. And the heart <laughs> in gratitude. You don't want to serve the Lord with your mind, which is your mind, will, and emotions. You, I, don't, I don't need to go to church. My mama ain't going to church. So I don't need to go to church. My daddy ain't going to church. So I don't need to go to church. My grandpa, they don't go to church. So I don't. Listen, Esau, mama and daddy were nowhere around when the covenant or the transfer of the inheritance was being made. He had to make a choice for himself whether to serve God or not. And everybody in here has got to make a choice for yourself to serve the living God. Your kids got to make a choice to serve the living God. Just because you bring them to church don't mean the church is in them. You got to get church in them. Amen. You got to preach them at home. Train them at home because when they get old, I'm telling you, when these boys get, get 13, 14, 15, they ain't going to want to come to church. Automatic. And then y'all be fighting. Oh, you going to church. I ain't going to church. I'm going to go to church. Therefore, this is what he says. He said, if you don't want to be happy with the, for the abundance of all you had, you got a bed to sleep in, you got clothes, you know, at least you can change your clothes a couple of days a week. You know, you don't wear the same thing every day. You got a little, little extra in your closet, amen. You got a little more food than you're on it. You can get your favorite cereal and you get your favorite food and you can get anything you want, and which he has blessed you with. He said, you don't want to serve me with joy, with happiness. You don't want to be happy about serving me. He said, therefore, you will serve your enemies whom the Lord will send. God said, I'm going to... He said, you don't even have to look for them. I'm going to send them to you. Amen. He said, I'm going to send enemies to you, against you, in hunger and thirst, in nakedness, in want of all things. He will put a yoke of iron on your neck till he has destroyed you. And that's what happened to the children of Israel. They rejected God. The enemy came in, took them into captivity. They went to Babylon. They went to Assyria. They were broke as Job's turkey. They, they, they didn't have anything. The devil just just took everything. Uh, Gideon was was uh, trying to get his little harvest in, hiding in the wine press, because they were broke. Everything that he had was taken away from you. So God said, "No problem. Don't praise me. Go ahead on. I'm gonna send somebody to take your praise away." Amen. In nakedness, in thirst, and in one of all things. I'm telling you, as a people. There are people in such bad states now. You go to Hades right now. 
Go to some of these islands. Go to Africa. Go to India. And some of these places. There is destruction. Wearing out. Your shoes wear out. This guy like these shoes, man. There's some bad kicks. Man. <laughs> oh, he, he had them Jordans on, boy. But look what happened to his Jordans after a while. <laughs> ah, my, my, Josiah got some new shoes on. He said, I don't want to bend my toes because I get a crease in my shoe. Just keep messing around with God. Keep messing with God. Be the last pair of shoes you get. I'm telling you. Disobedience brings sickness and disease. That's right. Deuteronomy 28, 59, 61. And the Lord will bring upon you your descendants, not on you and your, your kids and your grandkids, extraordinary strokes and blows, great plagues of long continuance, grievous sicknesses of long duration. Moreover, he will bring upon you all the diseases of Egypt, which you're afraid of. You're afraid of the coronavirus? Well, it's coming. And they will dig, they will cling to you. Also, every sickness, every affliction, which is not written in the book of the law of the Lord, will bring upon you until you destroy. God said, I got some stuff that you ain't seen before. Come on. I ain't even put it in the, in, in the law yet. I, I got some curses for you that are, he called it wonderful. Mm-hmm. Wonderful. Don't get into covenant with God. No problem. It'll bring sickness. There are people that are sick, constantly sick, and they don't know why they're sick. You're not in covenant with God. They're, the people are long continuous. Got diabetes your whole life. Got, got high blood pressure your whole life. Everything's going wrong. Somebody needs to turn back to God. Israel rejected God. Israel rejected God. In fact, Israel said, give us the bondage. That's how, how, how people's minds are, even nowadays. They'd rather be in bondage than be free. That's right. 1 Samuel 8 says, and the Lord, Samuel was praying, and Samuel was, the prophet was upset that the people said, we want a king like all the other nations have the king. He said, y'all crazy. You got the living God as a covering. You got he to supply, brings water out of rock. He brings honey. He, the living God that brings you shade in the heat and brings you air, heat at night. The living God that gave you water out of rock. The living God that fed you manna from heaven. And you want a king? And so Samuel's crying to God and God said, the Lord said to Samuel, hearken unto the voice of the people and all that they say unto you. For they have not rejected you. They have rejected me. Amen. People can re- do reject God. Amen. That I should not reign over them. Mm-hmm. I want a God that I can see on TV. I want a God that I can touch. And so God said, okay, you want a God? Real quickly, I'm not going to go through the whole thing. You can read 1 Samuel 8 11. He said, this is the kind of king I'm going to give. He's going to take your sons and point himself towards chariots. They're going to be his, his horsemen. They will, and they shall run before his chariot. You boy, come in. Leave your mama's house. Come run in front of my chariot. Every day the king, everywhere the king went, they had to run in front of his chariot. Every day they had to go shovel up horse poo-poo. Take care of his horses. <laughs> and you wonder why you got a crappy life? <laughs> He shall appoint him captains over thousands, captains over fifties, and set them set his ear to the ground and reap his harvest and make his, his instruments of war and instruments of his chair. He said, I'm going to make your sons farmers. I'm going to make them go into the, the war factory, make them make spears, shields, and all that. I'm going to make them do that. He said, I'm going to take your daughter. They're going to be cooks in his house. They'll be, they, they'll be cooks and bakers, and, and he will take your fields. He's going to take your field, your vineyard, your olive yards, even the best of them, and give them to his servants. His servants. And he will take a tenth of your seed and of your vineyards and give his officers his servants. He will take your maid servants, your man servants, your, good, your best men, and your asses and put them into his work. He will take a tenth of your sheep and it shall be his service, and you shall cry in that day, because the king which you have chosen, the Lord will not hear you in that day. Amen. God said, all I need you is give me a tithe. This man going to come in and take all your stuff. You got to pay. Now, what are you paying now? 
30, 30% income tax now? Your taxes, you get a check, you work 40 hours and you, 20 of them, 25 of them, you're giving it to Uncle Sam. They set up a system. The system set up. Don't complain now. Y'all wanted a king. Well, y'all got king. Amen. King IRS is over you. Amen. <laughs> the IRS is king over you. Amen. We will repossess your car. We will repossess your house. If you don't pay your tax, we're going to come and get your stuff. We will garnish your wages. Put you outside. Amen. You be at the Hesed house. I'm going to take a tenth of your sheep and say, you won't cry. So here's the problem is when, when, when people reject God, it opens up the door for the devils to come in and destroy your family. And nowadays we call it, we have a blended family. Amen. You got divorces and stuff and families are blended. Back in there, they had the same thing. How many know the story of Gideon? Gideon was, was, uh, was rejected in his family. All his in-laws, his half-brothers, half-sisters, all his cousins, he was poor, broke, and none of them had anything to do with him. And God came to him and said, you the answer for Israel. He said, who, me? I'm the brokers in the projects. I'm the brokers of the broke in the project. He said, oh, you great man of God, mighty man of valor. Go in your strength, which he didn't have none. And God anointed him. And he got a great battle. If you read the story, of Jer- uh, his name was Jerubbabel, Gideon. And he, he uh, got a great battle for Israel. He went to the men of Shechem. And they asked him to help, and they rebuked him. Said, who do you think you is? You out of the projects. You poor and broke. Talking about you going to fight somebody. You can't even handle a sword. We just gonna, they just ran him out. He said, okay. And God gave him a victory, and he came back. He said, when I come back, I'm going to beat all y'all. <laughs> he did. When he got the victory, he came back, and he got some thorn bushes, and he beat the elders of that city with thorn bushes. I mean, he tore them up. He said, y'all don't want to fight with me? No problem. But look at Judges 9, verse 17. His family members got jealous of what he did. His side of the family got the great victory. So the cousins and in-law and all of them, they got jealous and they killed him. He said, for my father fought for you, jeopardized his life, and rescued you from the hand of Midian. And you have risen up against my father's house. Now we have brothers and half-sisters Y'all have came against the house this day and have slain his sons, 70 men, on one stone and have made Abimelech the son of his maid servant. Gideon had a maid servant. And this maid servant rose up and took his place. Had, his, had Gideon's sons killed, the rightful heirs of the inheritance. The rightful heirs, the guy said, I'm going to bless your house, I'm going to bless your seed, I'm going to bless your children. They came in and killed all his children. And his, his half-brother, a maid servant, a maid, a maid son took over the family line. Now you need to understand, well, why would God let Gideon get killed like that? If you read about it, the Bible says that Gideon got into idolatry after God gave him a victory and made a golden ephod and held it in the house where people could come and worship. He got into idolatry, even though God gave him a victory. God said, I, 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 I curse idolatry. No, 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 no. So, verse 19, if you have acted sincerely and honorably with Jerubbabel, his house this day, then rejoice, Abimelech, and let him also rejoice in you. But if not, let fire come down. I mean, he cursed his own family. Let the fire come down out of Bimelech and devour the people of Shechem and Beth Milo and let fire out of from the people of Shechem and Beth Milo devour Bimelech. God heard that prayer. And so what happened was, verse 23, God sent. God got involved in this because they rejected him. They rejected God. God sent evil spirit between Abimelech and the men of Shechem and the men of Shechem dealt treacherously with Abimelech. That the violence done to the 70 sons of Jerubbabel might come. And that their blood might be laid upon Abimelech, their brother, who slew them. And upon the men of Shechem, who strengthened his hands to slay his brothers. See, the men of Shechem, remember, they got beat with bambam bushes. 
And so when the other the, the maid's son rose up, he said, we're going to back him because we hate the ruler because he beat us. We're going to get revenge on him. God said, I'm going to send an evil spirit. So, so God sends evil spirits to families. It says, and the men of Shechem set ambush in against Abimelech on the mountaintops, and they robbed all who passed by them along the way. And it was told Abimelech. So they may leave with Abimelech, they strengthen him, and then they begin to rob him. They rob everybody that came down the road. It's like going on the west side of Chicago. You better go in and come out, or they're going to rob you. God will send evil spirits. When you reject God, and you disobey God, and you get rebellious against God, 1 Samuel 16, 14, the spirit of the Lord came, departed Saul, and an evil spirit from the Lord tormented and troubled him. Saul's servant said, behold, an evil spirit of God torments you. In other words, God told Saul, when you go to battle, you kill everything. Sheep, cattle, don't bring anything back. I'm going to give you the victory. King Saul brought back, he let the people say, well, the people brought the sheep. And, and the prophet was standing there, what is all this bleating the sheep and bad and mooing the sh- uh, cows and all that? He said, well, the people, they wanted to stop. God told you to destroy everything in that town. And because of that, God sent an evil spirit for his disobedience. Then God sent, another time God can send a lying spirit. A lying spirit shall arise. But I'm decreeing that Micaiah the prophet is here on earth. First, First Kings twenty two nineteen. And Micaiah said, "Hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne, and the host of heaven standing by him on his right hand and on his left. Ahab and Jehoshaphat got together in the league, and they were going to go fight the Syrians. And uh, uh, Jehoshaphat said, "Is there not a prophet?" Among you. And so Ahab brought out all his prophets. And they prophesied, oh, you're going to get a great victory. Oh, you're going to whoop them from pillar to post. Oh, the spoils are coming. Oh, it's going to be. And Joseph said, isn't there a prophet of God? You know, God, one of God's prophets around? And Micaiah was the prophet of God. He wasn't going to lie to the king. And he said, I'm going to tell you what I see. I see the Lord stand, sitting on his throne right now. And I saw the host of heaven standing by him. And the Lord said, who would entice Ahab to go up and fall at Ramoth Gilead? One said this way, another said that way. But uh, uh, verse 22, and the Lord said, by what means will you fool this Ahab? He said, I will go forth. The angel was standing before the Lord. He said, I'll go forth and be a lying spirit in the mouths of all his prophets. So you got to be careful even in nowadays about who you let prophesy and speak things to you because a lot of them are lying. True prophets don't prophesy all that kind of stuff they be prophesying. I choose my words closely. I'm afraid of God. I don't want to speak out of turn. Uh, the brother that came last week, he said, he said I, you prophesied on me back in 1995 or something like that. And I said, what did I say? And he said, he said you said that uh, God's going to use me to be a great paymaster of finances and, and, and I'm going to help build churches and money's going to come to me. I said, I said that? I said, if I said it, then it must be true because I don't remember saying it. So it had to be the Holy Ghost because I don't remember ever saying it. I said, if God said it, then he's going to do it. Amen. He said, I'm going to send him a lying spirit in the mouth of the prophet. And the Lord said, you shall entice him and succeed to go forth and do it. So the Lord put a lying spirit in the mouths of all these prophets. And the Lord has spoken evil concerning you. The Lord put a lying spirit on mainstream news in, in, in America. There's all the coronavirus. All the economy is going to fall. Oh, we're going to have a recession. Oh, everything's going to be destroyed. Oh, there's going to be a million, 10 million people going to die in America. Lies. Lies. I'm saying ain't nothing going to happen. God's got America. They didn't go to God and find out what he had to say about the whole matter. God said, this little sneaky demon ain't coming up in America because I got people praying and interceding and people speaking. Remember, this is a year of the mouth. Pay, 2020, we got to speak positive. What the enemy is trying to speak negative. Anything you hear negative this year, you rebuke it. Reverse the thing what they're saying. God is all-powerful. People don't understand how powerful God is. Do you know how powerful he is? He is all-powerful. I was looking at that. Lord, Lord gave me a Job 12, verse 16. He said, with, with God, with him, 
are might and wisdom. The deceived and the deceiver are his and in his power. He leads great scheming counselors. He leads great and scheming counselors away stripped and barefoot and make judges fools in human estimation by overthrowing their plans. God is overthrowing a lot of plans in the, in the swamp in Washington, D.C. He's making them look like fools. They're looking like fools. He loosed the fetters ordered by kings and has the waistcloth of a slave bound by their own loins. God can, you can, God can get you out of jail. They throw you in jail. He can take you out in a minute. They'll change your mind and release him. He's powerful. He leads away priests as spoil and men firmly seated. He overturns. God raises up and sets down. People don't understand that. Oh, oh, oh Adam Schiff and all of them, they ain't got no power. God's got all the power. We need to look to the living God. He deprives of speech those who are trusted and takes away discernment and discretion of the age. God is awesome. He pours out contempt on the princes and loosens the belt of the strong, disabling them and bringing low the pride of the learned. God will go into the education system and, and deal with these people. He uncovers deep things out of darkness and brings to light black gloom and shadow of death. He makes nations great. He destroys them. He enlarges nations. Then he straightens and shrinks them again. He leads them away captive. God is in control of everything. Amen. The earth is the Lord's and the fullness thereof. He takes away understanding from leaders of people of the land and of the earth. And he causes them to wander in the wilderness where there is no path. And you start thinking about all these despots and all these wicked men that have been over country. Where are they at now? They're gone. God raises up and he takes them down. They grow in the dark without light and he makes them stagger and wander like drunken men. God will send a perverse spirit over a nation and over a family and over a people. Isaiah 19 verse 14. The Lord has mingled a perverse spirit, error, and confusion within her. Her leaders have caused Egypt to stagger in all her doings as a drunken man staggers in her vomit. Pride got into Israel, and God said, I'll send a perverseness. A perverse means crooked, morally crooked, religiously crooked, and nationally crooked. It means to be uh, against the morals of a nation or the laws of a nation. Neither can any work be done singly or by concerted action, accomplishing anything for Egypt, whether by head or tail, palm branch or rush, high or low. God, if God frustrates a nation, he'll frustrate a nation. I'm telling you, I'm, I've been there, and I'm, I look at it, and it's happening now. You go to Nigeria. You know Nigeria, I think, is the second or the third largest oil-producing nation. And they're poor as Job's turkey. They are broke. Millions of people are in poverty, impoverished, because they worship idols. They worship other gods. They worship money. The spirit of the waster is over that nation. What money they get, people steal it. Politicians build homes in London and England and other nations and they, they take the money and they become a politician and then they take the money and build homes and then they leave the nation broke. God judges a nation. They need to repent. I told them about it when I was over there. You need to repent in, in the city of Lagos, uh, Benin. They got a big museum with every idol of the nation, every tribal idol, they put it in this one big museum where people go and, 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 and watch and worship. You can't worship demons and then worship God. God said, okay, no problem. I'll send a perverse spirit. You don't want to serve me, no problem. How about if I send a deep sleep and poverty on you? Isaiah 29, 9. Stop and wonder at this prophecy if you choose, whether you understand it or not. Soon you will witness the actual event and be confounded reluctantly. Blind yourselves now if you choose. Take your pleasure and then be blinded at the actual occurrence, they are drunk, but not from wine. They stagger, but not from strong drink, but from spiritual stupor. This is God speaking to Israel. They had built a huge wall around Israel. You ride three chariots around it. And the Babylonians and Assyrians were coming at them. They were up on rooftop having a party. Saying, y'all ain't coming in there. They were barbecuing. They had music. They were dancing. The enemy was supposed to say, they, they, can't, come. they can't conquer us. They can't. But all of a sudden, they got conquered. The enemy came up through their sewer. 
into the city and destroyed them. Look what he says, verse 10. He said, for the Lord has poured up out on you the sleep of deep sleep. And he has closed your eyes, the prophets, your heads, the seers. He has covered and muffled. And the vision of all this has become for you like the words of a book that is sealed. When men give it to one who can read, saying, read this, I pray you. He says, I can't read it. It's sealed. God said, you're not going to even see the destruction I'm going to send you. Even though you're hearing it, you won't even be able to fathom what's going to come. You don't even, they can't even understand how is he going to come back for his church? How is he going to make a shout and all of a sudden everybody leaves the earth? How is this going to happen? He said, you can't even, you don't even imagine. They said, they're going to scoff at him, at his coming. Oh, you said he was going to come up 50 years ago. He ain't came yet. We're going to go out and party. Y'all just talking stuff. Amen. When the 9-11 towers looked, everybody showed up on church after the 9 Oh, destruction is coming. <laughs> Folks was here on Tuesday night. I said, well, all these folks come on Tuesday night. <laughs> 9, 12, you didn't see them no more. Chicken little. Oh, the sky's falling. The sky's falling. That's why we're liking this coronavirus. It's like chicken little. Apple fell on his head. He said, the sky's falling. He ran around telling everybody, the sky's falling. The sky's falling. So God said, I'll bring us deep sleep. Too lazy to go to work. Depression. Heaviness on the hearts of people. God said in Isaiah 45, 5, 6, I form light and I create the darkness. I make peace, national well-being. I can make a nation be at peace. I can make a, make a job be at peace. I can make, when you walk in a room, peace comes. I created physical, evil, calamity. I am the Lord who does all these things. Do you know Satan ain't even in control of his own demons? His demons got to do what Jesus said to do. I mean, they do what he, Satan tells them to do because he beat them up. But if God tells the demon stop, the demon stop. If God tells the demon go, the demon goes. Because he got the keys to death and hell in his hand. Satan ain't got no keys. Amen? What, what is God is saying? I create misery. You don't want to serve me? No problem. I create misery. I create destruction. I create death. I create ignorance, I create sorrow, I create adversity, I create wickedness, I create harm, hurt, mischief, sadness, trouble, because he's omnipotent. He got all the power. He said, I can do either one of them. He said, you don't want to serve me with gladness? No problem. I got something in there. You know, you used to tell us when we were your kids, if you weren't good, you'd get a bag of coal. Santa's going to give you a bag of coal. Well, God said, I'm going to give you a bag of coal too. Amen. Ain't nothing good coming out of your life. And people need to realize that if you're not serving God, you have no right to complain. They literally don't have a right to complain. They have no right to complain. The devil has a right to beat them. The devil has a right to take your blessings when you don't serve God. The devil has a right to come in and take your children. The devil has a right to come in and take your health. When you don't serve God, you don't want to serve the living God, he said, I can, I can, I can beat you up. And your mama can't do nothing about it and your daddy can't do nothing about it. Because you're in my kingdom. You're in my, you're in my court because you don't serve God. You serve me. But thank God no weapon formed against you shall prosper. That every word that rise up against you in judgment you shall be showed to be in wrong. This is the peace, the righteousness, the security, the triumph over opposition. It is the inheritance of the servants of the Lord. Those in whom the ideal servant of the Lord reproduce. This is the righteousness or the vindication which they obtain from me. That is that which I impart to them as their justification, says the Lord. In other words, it says, you accept me as Lord and Savior. No weapon ever formed against you shall ever prosper. Amen. I am your vindication. I am your justice. I am your justification. You're in my covenant, and now you have a right to be blessed with anything you ask me for. He said, ask of me anything you desire. Knock, seek, and act. I'm going to give it to you. But if you're with the other fuck, you could be under slumber. Slumber, Romans 7, verse 11, verse 7 says, What then shall we conclude? Israel failed to obtain what it sought. I'm talking about the covenant. 
God's favor by obedience to the law. Only the elect, the few chosen, obtained it, while the rest of them became callously indifferent, blinded, and hardened, and made insensible to it. So you become hardened and blinded to the word of God. When you reject God, you get further and further away from God. As it is written, God gave them the spirit and attitude of stupor, eyes that should not see, ears that should not hear, that is continued down to this very day. He said, they confess me with their mouth, but their heart is far from me. They have ears, but they can't hear. They have eyes, but they can't see. When you backslide away from God, it's hard to get back to God. It's hard to come back into the kingdom of God. The enemy binds you up. When the spirit goes out of a man, seven demons stronger than the ones that you had come in, and they possess the man, and you don't have no idea what God is about. You don't even care about God no more. They're driving you to drink. They're driving you to drugs. They're driving you to sex. They're driving you to perversion. They're driving you to all, all kind of crazy stuff. Here's God said in 2 Thessalonians, I'll send strong delusions that they should believe a lie. We're in this end time now. There's they're strong delusions. They believe a lie. Yep, you're going crazy. You'll be locked up. To get out of this situation, you got to repent. You got to forgive. Forgive your parents if they didn't teach you about God. Forgive those that, uh, that your parents didn't know anything about God. You that are watching this video, you got to forget. Matthew 18 26, there's a man that came. To the king, and the king called him in and said, Give account, give me my money. You owe me money, you borrowed money from the kingdom. You, your IRS taxes are due. And the man said, Have mercy on me. I can't, I, I'll pay you, but I don't have enough to pay you. He said, Please have mercy. Because the king was going to take his sons and daughters and put them in slavery and bondage. He said, Have mercy. And the king said, Okay, I'm going to let you go this time. I'm going to have mercy on you. Then the servant fell down and worshiped him and said, Lord, have patience with me. I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you. I'm going to pay you. Then the Lord of that servant was moved with compassion, loosed him, and forgave him his debt. But the same servant went out, found one of his fellow servants that owed him 50 cents, 100 pence, 50 cents. A pence was a half a penny. 50 cents he owed him and choked him, got him by the neck and started choking him. And said, pay me what you owe. And his fellow servant fell down at his feet and besought him and said, man, I'm going to have patience. I'm going to pay you all. And he would not. He said, I'm taking you to court. You're going to jail. And cast him into the prison. And his friends and all the other, and the guy's friends heard about what this guy, what the king did for this guy. And they went and told the king, you know that guy that you forgave that debt? He went out there and beat somebody up for 50 cents. And put him in jail. Then the king said, his Lord said, after he had called him, he said to him, you wicked servant, I forgave you all your debt. Because you asked me to. Should you not have that compassion on your fellow servant, even as I had pity on you? And the Lord was wroth and delivered him to the tormentors. The tormentors are demons. When you don't forgive somebody and you hold on against them, God turns you over to demons to torment you. You have bitterness in your heart, unforgiveness in your heart. You have vindictiveness in your heart toward that person. And eventually that stuff eats you up on the inside. Tormenting you. You need to let them go. Let the devil go torment them. They the one that did this crime. Shoot. <laughs> I ain't did the crime. You did the crime. I ain't got no. I'm not. <laughs> leave me out of this thing here. You free. Amen. Let me stand back. I might get hit by some of the stuff you get hit with. I ain't got nothing to do with you. I free you. I forgive you. Be, be gone. Amen. I ain't going to forget about what you did. I forgive you though. No, you're not going to be unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived. People, are, you listen to them right now. They say, I can go smoke marijuana if I want to. I can go do drugs if I want to. I can go have an orgy and have sex and I can be effeminate and I can be this. Look what it says. I ain't said it. This is the word of God. First Corinthians 6, verse 9. No, you're not. The unrighteous shall not inherit the kingdom of God. Don't be deceived. Fornicators that's having sex without being married. Idolaters worshiping everything else other than God. Idolatry is earrings and nose jewels and all these piercings and stuff nor adulterers, nor the effeminate, 
They're trying to turn all our young men into women now. Amen. Trying to put women's clothes on them, women's dresses on them, make them look like women, act like women. No abusers of themselves with mankind, the homosexuals, the lesbians, no thieves, covetousness, drunkards, partiers, extortioners shall inherit the kingdom of God. And such were some of you, but you are washed because you repented. But you are now sanctified, but you are justified in the name of the Lord Jesus by the Spirit of God. Many people refuse God. But there's a cost to that. Sickness, disease, family problems. You have a baby, the baby dies. You get a wife, she leaves you. House repossessed, car repossessed, trouble on your job. They're always persecuting you on your job. You can't get a promotion. Stuff going all crazy. Get out of that. You need to come into the kingdom of God. You need to come where the king is, where the blessings are. In the kingdom of God, he's got a, a police force. Angels are charge over you. He's got an economy, seed time and harvest. He's got eternal life. You live forever. He's got... Blessings that belong to you through Abraham, physical substance belongs to you. Everything that you, you have is in the kingdom of God. Enter into the kingdom of God by repenting of your sins and asking God to forgive you. You need to forgive. Forgive me, Lord. Lord, I accept your covenant. I accept you as Lord and Savior of my life. I accept you as Lord of the earth. I accept you. You're omnipotent. You're omni, uh, you got all powers in your hand. You're the creator of all things. You rule over men. You rule over kingdoms. You rule over governments. You rule over city governments and state governments. Amen? They ain't that stupid. Your people think they're crazy, but we ain't that crazy. You go down to the city hall, you go down to the city. When they open up the city, they'll have a prayer. The pastor come, the preacher will come in and pray. When they open up the Senate down in the state of Illinois, they'll have a minister come in and open up in prayer. Lord, teach us. Give us wisdom. Give us understanding. Give us knowledge. Give us, give us what we need. People are not as dumb as they think they are. Many people will turn their back on God. That's all right. Let them turn their back. But you stay with God. You leave an inheritance to your children. Amen? Your inheritance to your children is not you putting clothes on their back, not you giving them food, not you taking care of them. Your inheritance is giving them Jesus. Amen. As long as they got Jesus, they can make it in the earth. Even if you die, they will make it in the earth because they have Jesus as Lord and Savior of their life. Amen? That's the insurance that you need. And not prudential. Not, not all state, not state farm, but you need Jesus for insurance, amen? amen? You need to know that you know that you know you're going to heaven and that your kids are going to heaven too. Amen. Give them Jesus. They ain't going to want to hear. Listen, I'm telling you, when you, get, when you get, become a teenager, 13 or 14, the hormones are changing, your mind is changing, your body is changing, your thoughts are changing, and the enemy is coming and bombarding your mind with all these stupid thoughts because you're trying to formulate and begin to make your own decisions and you have your own thoughts, and the enemy bombards them yeah. to try to keep them from serving God. Amen. But we keep preaching Jesus Christ crucified, and we don't stop. Give the Lord a hand, praise him through. I pray that you can uh, get this CD, give it to somebody, a loved one. You may not, they may not listen to you, but maybe they'll listen to me. Amen?